This is Robert Hazing of Team Jumbovisma and you are listening to the Turbo Talks. Hello listeners and welcome back to a new season of the Turbo Talks podcast by Garmin. I am Rob Bau, I am your host, and as in all TurboTalks episodes, I will be joined by an awesome guest who will tell us all about a hot topic in the world of cycling and endurance sports. And today's topic is definitely on point for this time of year. With wet and cold winter weather in the Northern Hemisphere, we know many of you are working up a sweat and building that fitness in an indoor setting. So, time to discuss what the ideal home training setup actually looks like. And who can tell us better than the man who regularly makes us jealous with all his awesome photos of his own amazing setup. Time to find out more about the ideal pain cave and the training secrets of Jumbo Visma's own Robert G. Sink. Welcome Robert, welcome on the Turbo Talks, how are you? Thank you, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I'm actually quite okay. Uh, been uh, uh, a hard time with a lot of training work um, and uh, almost ready to, to start racing again. So uh, actually... Uh, Feeling good and ready to ready to get going. All right, awesome. Uh, and I saw you were sharing the other day on Instagram already. You're you're really into the Winter Olympics, and then you even had like the skiing at the front of the house. Yeah, well, we live in Andorra, and uh, across the, the valley from where we live, there's a there's a pretty large uh, skiing um, area. I guess 200 uh, plus kilometers uh, Gran Valera, it's called. And, my, uh, I, I don't ski at all, so I don't know nothing about skiing, but my kids are <laughs> really excited uh, about skiing. So they started uh, this year actually in a, in a race club and doing their first races. And uh, yeah, and now slowly I'm, uh, I'm learning a lot about skiing. So um, I'm, oh, actually just, they just finished uh, European, uh, uh, I think it's uh, under 20 or something uh, championships across the, so I was just watching that after training. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of things going on here. All right, awesome. So the kids uh, might be there in a couple of years as well in those championships. Well, that would be really nice. I mean, uh, I will support them with any sport they want to do and uh, try not to, not to, to push them too much because I think that's uh, that's counterproductive. But um, yeah, it's really uh, it's really nice to see them uh, enthusiastic about about sports and um, yeah. As a, I think as a parent who is also always uh, doing workouts. Uh, yeah, they, they, they kind of grow up like that and, and, and feel that it's normal to do something uh, up to, uh, to a certain uh, uh, point. And uh, yeah, and they're really excited to, uh, about skiing, so I'll, I'll support. Is, is skiing still the favorite uh, Winter Olympic sport for you? Or as a true Dutchman, you're, you prefer the speed skating? I must say I had some easy days the last few days and speed skating was on. So I, I did leave uh, the house a bit later after watching speed skating uh, in the morning. So I even set up... Uh, TV at the end of the breakfast table to <laughs> before before bring the kids to school. There's always uh, now uh, the Winter Olympics on and trying to get them to uh, to finish their breakfast and, and and leave on time. But uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's uh, all, all events are fun to watch and there's a lot of sports you wouldn't even I wouldn't even follow throughout uh, the season. But uh, now they get highlighted uh, throughout the, the the Olympics and that's actually really nice to watch. Yeah, awesome. Um, and uh, p- perhaps maybe you would stay home for it as well and just do some extra work on that text Neo 2T while watching the Olympics then? Or oh, Well, actually, I do think that it's when, when you're doing your workouts indoor, then, then definitely putting a TV next to it. Besides the workout you are doing, it's definitely uh, 
something I would advise. And uh, if it's sports and you see others perform to their best, it, it can bring you in a certain mindset that uh, that the workout goes goes way quicker. So I would definitely recommend to get uh, as many ways to distract from uh, from time. I would say. Uh, as possible to uh, to do a nice workout because if you're just staring at a clock, actually, well, this is how it works for me. That's uh, that's that's not not my ideal position, and uh, I would uh, I would uh, definitely watch sports or uh, some travel documentary or anything. Yeah, yeah. As already said uh, in, in the intro, we're going to touch on the topic uh, of that pain cave. What's it look like? So already for you, we know now that you probably want to have like a big screen in there so you can watch something uh, out of interest. Is there what is the most important thing for you about your pain cave, as we call it? Um, well, it's it's. I think it's the whole setup altogether. Um, good music for me is also really uh, really important during the during the ride. Um, and if you're lucky enough to 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 do that through speakers without bothering the neighbors too much, I would because it, <laughs> somehow it works better than uh, earphones or headphones or whatever um so um my uh well the tv screen is uh is set up on two huge speakers um um of pioneer where yeah will make make some noise so that's that's actually really nice um yeah i think i think also obviously it starts with uh with good equipment or if you want to do a good workout uh i would definitely recommend uh going for uh yeah one of the the new products um and i would so i would say uh yeah the the, the t2 is, is a perfect device for me to to do the 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 hard workouts on so. uh, what makes it for you like like the perfect device or the perfect device to work or to do the workouts on well it's it's silent but the resistance feels resistance feels good so it feels like uh, uh you're riding in a natural way obviously you're not yeah, once you're going uphill, you're not climbing really, so hey, your bike is not going up or anything. So it's a different kind of resistance, but it is nice to feel that you're actually not stronger than the machine itself. So the machine uh, will um, um, dictate how 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 you ride, and that's uh, I think that's a that's a really good thing. If you're, uh, I mean, I've, I've been using all kinds of different uh, um, trainers, and then in the end, you want one that feels like you're you're steady and uh and, and you're you're standing um yeah firm let's say and, uh, and you're not about to fall over or that uh, your wheel is slipping or anything yeah so it can handle your watts exactly yeah that's important <laughs> well uh, it's not like i'm a crazy crazy sprinter or anything but uh definitely it's, that that's really uh handy that it, that it uh just feel like it's uh yeah that, that you're doing a proper workout yeah yeah and you mentioned like the equipment um what what else is a key next to that trainer and obviously that bike setup in there what else is key for you to have there we mentioned the tv sort of like as the entertainment and the music yeah biggest fan possible i would say uh, <laughs> so like a, you, you yeah obviously because you're indoors uh well i'm not always oh every now and then i put it out outside on the deck if i just want to go for an easy spin but then you're also not sweating as much but uh, indoors, I would definitely want some fresh air blowing around. So uh, open a window and get a bit of air in your uh, airflow in the in the room because that makes it so much easier. Because you're actually, just overheating yourself. And uh, if you um, if you have some airflow, then also you're gonna last way longer. You're not gonna get gonna get as super super wet uh, and lose so much 
um, water that uh, sweat that you that you can't uh, push your watch anymore. So I would definitely, if you do a good workout, say make sure you don't overheat. And how important is it for you? You mentioned like the the lots of sweating, so you want to get the nutrition and hydration in. Do you have like a a, a special table next to it? Do you have do you use the ironing board or how how is your setup? Yeah, all kinds of things. Uh, usually I'm sitting next to the, well, yeah, the, the workbench, I guess, or where, where all my tools are and, uh, I'll move some of them over because I'm not as, uh, organized as I every now and then, uh, should be. And <laughs> I'll make some space to put some food and, uh, yeah, because obviously you're not wearing much besides, uh, some good bibs, uh, but yeah, so you can't stuff anything in your pockets or anything. And then, uh, I will, I will put some, uh, some gels and stuff, uh, maybe some, uh, yeah, just some 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 sugars or some um, yeah, even a few Haribos uh, every now and then, and then um, yeah, it depends a bit on the kind of ride, I guess. Um, as I said, I live here in the mountains, and 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 it's it's so often that you're just climbing, 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 and then on a rest day, every now and then, it's just nice, even if it's good weather. And then I'll just put the nail nail outside um, and just pedal a little bit, you know, not without having to push um and that's that's also a really good uh good workout i guess yeah uh and then you mentioned obviously you've got the nutrition you've got the hydration you've got the entertainment is there anything else that you say this is a must for me is do you have like a personal preference when you do like a long set um yeah well i i would if you do if you go for a long ride on turbo or on the tax then i i would definitely um make sure you you split it up. So, for example, you start with a, a bit of a warm-up, like, like 15 minutes, and then you do some either some cadence work, so you do a few minutes on a, on a lower cadence, a few minutes higher cadence, or a specific watts. But don't just wait until time passes. Just uh, make it make it interesting, you know. And then, uh, for example, if you do uh, do a, do a set which is uh, around your threshold or a bit lower then those two or three minutes of recovery you have afterwards, they fly by because, yeah, you know, it's going to hurt again, but therefore time is also <laughs> flying by. And then uh, if you do a few of those sets before you know it, you're at, you're at an hour already. And it might sound weird, but I usually, uh, I uh, once I pass the hour, then uh, somehow the, yeah, then I can also do two hours, you know, <laughs> I've passed some kind of barrier. <laughs> Mental barrier. And, uh, yeah. yeah, somehow, yeah. And, uh do keep your sugars high because if your sugars, if you're if you're trying to ride only on water, and also I tend to go like negative, thinking negative because you're well, you're you're using all your reserves, and then also time is not going quick anymore. So you have to stay happy, and, and the, the staying happy I always do with with good music. Um, what is it, the music? Goes, yeah, it goes everywhere. So it can either be some dance or but it can also be kings of leon or uh yeah it, it goes it goes all the way um uh, sometimes it's even just acdc uh yeah it, it uh just whatever you at that moment you know uh, gives you a smile on your face because i think that's that's key to 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 making it over an hour and, and longer um that you're actually uh, well somehow a little bit enjoying something else and and just pushing so uh yeah. So that, that would be my, my, my tip, my advice. 
And unfortunately, you had, to, you had to spend some time at some point in isolation as well, in quarantine. Um, yep. What was the what is the and with all the COVID that has been happening over the past two seasons and adjusted your guys' training? What has been the longest ride that you have done on your Neo Two T by Garmin? Ooh, yeah, well, definitely over. Uh, well, of, uh, often I'm connected to to Swift, and then um, yeah, 200 kilometers I, I've passed a few times. I think 250 even. So that should be around uh, well six hours plus I've done. Yeah, but. Yeah. But then I, but I also, I must say, to be honest, I do like two hours and then I put on some dry bibs and I stop. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was isolation. So I was at home anyway. So I stopped for a coffee with the family <laughs> and I went back up and I just, you know, also, yeah, I had all day. So <laughs> well, yeah. it didn't really matter. And, uh, but that was, it was more also to, to find uh, a goal, I guess, because um, well, you, you, when the pandemic just started here, we they uh, they didn't even let us out uh, the house. So uh, um, yeah, we're <laughs> just sitting here for a month uh, plus. I think almost two months. Uh, and then also, you need a certain goal in uh, during the day, besides or oh, a reason uh, not to be in uh, in sweatpants all day. I guess <laughs> so it wasn't like that. Then. <laughs> And did you develop like a favorite set as well, or did did your trainer give you like a specific set that became your favorite? Um, yeah, it, they really, and that's also I think how uh, we we came out of this whole lockdown uh, pandemic really good. I mean, we had a really high level that year in the tour as a team and in, in general. Actually, they did really focus on um, training. Yeah, as we say, black and white. So either go real fast or go real slow, and 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 but keep those high watts in as well, because um, if you're all, always pushing, um, let's say uh, around seventy percent of what you can do, sixty seventy percent, then yeah, you get pretty slow, and you do uh, oh, slow. You, I mean, you're not slow, but you you have to be able, especially in modern cycling, to push those really high watts uh, for about five, six minutes to survive that first group, you know, and to to, uh, to be there after the first climb, also towards the second, the third, and the, and the fourth climb. And um, so those high watts are, are really important to, to keep on doing. That's also the sets I just meant. That was, yeah, you could just be a minute, like a minute uh, at your, uh, like uh, 120% of your threshold, uh, those kind of things. And, that's uh, those are not the most pleasant rides to do, but uh, I think if you want to improve, yeah, of course you have to keep on moving your your uh, uh, your boundaries in a certain direction. So that, that that's what how we got through the uh, through those those months as well. Uh, it wasn't just uh, pedaling and sitting, uh, also just high intensity, low intensity stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember one of our previous episodes. We had the Chris Hill Jensen on, and he had to develop like the JJ special, and he just tried to accumulate as much time as possible above 500 watts in a session. So. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah that, that could be one as long as it's. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, I mean that's that's probably a uh, a way a way of doing the same thing and calling it your own uh, your own workout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, who is your trainer? Mathieu Heibou. Okay, and and how I'm curious, sort of like you obviously developed as a rider, from maybe like a GC rider, uh, took on like a different role throughout your career. Has your training evolved with that? Did you did you start training in a different way? 
Um, well, yeah, I, I switched from Louis de la Haye, my previous trainer, to Mathieu about around the time that I, I, I also changed a little bit my role in the team. And obviously every trainer has its own, uh, although Mathieu has most of his, uh, um, um, he, he, he was really, well, almost trained by, by Louis. Uh, uh, he, he helped him a lot with his development as a coach, but every trainer has his own approach. That's what I wanted to say. And uh, I think uh, I did start to train more around that black and white, uh, as I just explained. Um, but I think it was also necessary at a certain point because uh, as you get older, um, yeah, when I was really, really young and I could always just go training, go to a race and I would be at my best. And uh, now I'm getting a bit older, obviously. Uh, this will be my 16th year, year as a pro and um, 35. And uh, I do notice that I need a bit more um, uh, maybe racing, but also, yeah, it's, it's not like every training straight away one week later uh puts you again puts the bar higher gets your level up as easy um so so that therefore i think it's also really necessary to now and then push yourself real hard in, in training yeah so so you sort of like had to adjust a little bit for that maybe change the specificity of your over of your efforts that you were doing in training as well for that yeah 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 i think in general what you could say is that we do throughout the whole year uh, already more uh, all-out work or, or really high power work. And uh, before, it would have been more that I did a lot of base miles and then towards the big goal started making the ride shorter but doing uh, putting that intensity up. And uh, there, and we changed now a little bit and we, we try to maintain, well, a, a, the same level throughout the whole season, I would say. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting here. I mean, we're living here in a little country, but a lot of pros uh, call it home, and obviously also ride a lot with other riders than from other teams. And then it's interesting to see, um, yeah, the difference between between ways of of training and the ways other coaches work. Uh, the other day, I went with Mike Woods, and it was a seven hour ride in the end, and he did um, all workouts throughout his his uh, all, all eff different efforts throughout his seven hour training, and that's. For example, something would never happen in our team uh, or with my coach. Uh, the high intensity stuff are usually short training rides, and the the the, the long training rides are uh, are the ones uh, where we just keep it well easy, I would say, or slower, and uh, work on the uh, on the other part of the of the fitness, I would say. So uh, that's that's interesting um, how some things work for some riders and some don't. Yeah. Uh, talking about like working on your fitness and let's go a little bit back to the put to that pain cave is there any other work besides the bike that you're that you're doing in terms of like gym work or mobility or well it's not like i'm the most uh, muscular man so it's not really a lot of gym um uh, also uh, we always try to stay uh uh keep keep the body weight low i guess uh but there's a lot of uh core stability and those kind of things activation before rides and i think that's a really uh, good uh, advice towards people who train a lot on indoor training as well because it can become a bit uh static if you're just sitting there and just do, uh, pushing the watts uh so to to start especially before a day where you do high power low power stuff um uh with some activation so some um some squats and some um some some stretches stretching as well to get the muscles ready to to get going and 
not jump on the straight out of bed, jump on the the erg and 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 uh, and 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 start to push the watts. So I think it's it's good to uh, to to start with some activation, and that's also what we do on the on the normal days where you train outside and 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 do high watts, a bit of activation. So does that mean sort of like in your pain cave, there's also room for a mat on the floor which you can do those exercises on? Exactly, yeah, gym ball, some elastic bands, and those kind of things, and and uh, it's our, it's it's not it's not the, that I'm on the on the mat for uh, for an hour straight, but it could be just a 15, 20 minute uh, warm up with some uh, yeah, your stomach, your back muscles, um, some stretches, um, and every now and then, yeah, you you feel uh, that 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 you have tension for example on, on certain muscles and that again if you if you do those stretches you feel like well actually it should be i should plan another visit to the physio th- uh, this week or because uh, yeah, there's there's some maintenance needed and uh, those kind of uh, little workouts give you uh, give you a good insight on um, yeah on how the body is doing so so make that a part of your daily routine yeah i would say so definitely uh, especially if uh, well if you're Aiming for GC results, or when time trialing is is part of your uh, of your um, um, your cycling routine routine outside, um, then uh, it's really handy to be uh, flexible and to be uh, easily. I mean, you have to put out high watts in a time trial position, but also you have to be comfortable in that position. And it shouldn't feel like uh, everybody who's ever been on a time trial bike or who's just been on time trial bike a few times, they know that after time trial, you can almost not walk, walk up straight anymore because your ass is hurting so much and because you just overuse those muscles. And, and, and yeah, that's something you shouldn't have. I mean, you should be flexible enough to, to put out the power. Yeah. yeah. And, and talking about a daily routine, um, I happen to know that there's something new in your daily routine recently, and that is sort of like, see in the morning how you slept. Yeah, actually, uh, with uh, Phoenix, I'm uh, I'm always uh, uh, sleeping with the uh, the my my uh, the watch show and 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 uh, it gives you a bit of insight on how your sleep was and uh, it's uh, actually ever since I uh, I got it, it's uh, it's really uh, something. The first thing actually I look at it every morning, and sometimes you wake up and you think, oh, it was actually good sleep," and then the numbers aren't so great, and then actually you believe the device over your own feeling. So it's. Uh, <laughs> It's becoming quite addictive to uh, uh, to get a score. Uh, well, it should be at least around 90, I think, for me. And uh, I prefer to be a bit over. And uh, then I'm uh, I'm satisfied. So uh, it does give you, well, not only that, actually also the steps and all the, the stairs you do. I, definitely the first months I just had, a, had the, the finished watch and I was just always focused on okay but no oh, okay two more stairs today and then i'm at least at my <laughs> at my uh, at my level and uh, that's also a big change in cycling i must say that um, now these days you see all cyclists and also in our team becoming m- multi-sport athletes i would say and uh, when i started uh, 17 uh, 18 years ago uh no way we were walking more than we uh, ness- than we needed which was really bad because in the end you need a bit of walking to get your bone yeah. density okay and uh so uh, if i look about van primo roglic and as well in my training uh, uh schedule every now and then it says go for a little morning run or so th- those kind of things well I, I wouldn't be running but um walking hiking or those kind of things yeah much more and uh i think it's uh it's a great way to uh, not become such a mono athlete. Hey, we can only do everything in, in one way. And uh, 
uh, yeah, you need some more muscles. That so, for example, every now and then, people do fall off their bikes, and if you have a bit more uh, uh, resistance uh, towards uh, injury, that that that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So maybe in the next training camp, you can just go for a run with Tom, maybe. Although he might be pretty quick. <laughs> I think so too. Well, I once broke my right femur and there's a big metal pin inside the leg. So therefore running, oh, I don't yeah. think I'm not really uh, enthusiastic about it anymore. But at some point I would, <laughs> and definitely in the next career, I would, uh, as we started the, the podcast, all the skiing I see, I definitely want to try and and do schemo or, um, I don't know, ski mountaineering, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I don't know yet, but definitely I'm going to enjoy these mountains all year round. Yeah. And, and definitely easy to track then on the device as well. Yeah, well, that, I must say that makes it uh, makes it way easier to uh, to follow on on what you're doing because you always have a device with you. Yeah, yeah awesome. All right, um, let's quickly look ahead to the to the season ahead because you're almost starting. I think in the Algarve in what is it? Two weeks next week? Yeah, two weeks I think. Yeah, sixteenth. Yeah, uh, about next week. Eight days, next yeah. week. Yeah. Um, it looks on the on the squad that you're going on the road uh, with with a lot of youngsters. Um, yeah. How did you embrace that new role or that role in the team? Well, I, yeah, I think uh, uh, it's it's quite a nice position in the team to be able to to uh, give a bit of all the the mistakes you have made in the past and to to warn others for not making the same mistakes. Although it doesn't always work like that in the end. Always the, the the lessons you've learned uh, are the are the moments that you uh, really uh, are the best lessons learned are the moments where you really uh, um, um, let's keep nice words but uh, make a big mistake <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, therefore uh, I think uh, but but there's always always little things or little uh, advices you can give and uh, yeah I, I quite like the. Uh, obviously, contact with everybody is different, but the ones who are really open to receive uh, any feedback, I'm I'm willing to to share. Yeah, sure. What is the best feedback that you ever got yourself, and that you're now passing on? Do you have an example? Uh, let me think. Uh, well, I, probably that's the that's some of the best feedback you could give anyone, and especially riders who come and live here. That uh, often for people who are super motivated, the rest day is the hard the hardest day of the week. And what I want to say is, if you're enjoying cycling as much as uh, as most of us are, then um, it is the most difficult to stay and do nothing or uh, give your, yourself time to recover on a on a sunny rest day because you actually would like to go out and then, for example, you take the time bike. Well, you know, on a time bike, you never push low watts. You're always just riding a little bit too fast. And I would say, well, give your body time to. Uh, to, to get better because that's how training works. It's not about just training the hardest. It's also about recovering the best and getting better from that workout you're doing. So uh, that would be one advice. At some point I was, uh, when I still lived in Holland, I went to Spain for seven days and the ideal seven days is three days training, one day rest, three days training. And then the travel days I always took for rest days. And then at home I started training again straight away. Well, yeah. It doesn't really work like that. <laughs> At some point, you have to listen to your body and, and 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 those kind of things. Because you're so motivated, you often make the same mistakes and you don't get the best out of your um, performance. So I would say, uh, really use those rest days to to improve and don't uh, go crazy. Yeah, I think some really solid advice. Uh, probably not even only for young riders, but also still for riders or for the amateurs out there who are a little bit older and like their training, etc. Just to yeah, that recovery well, yeah, how I important think, it is. 
well, definitely, if you have a normal day job, uh, then then it's even even more difficult. And uh, you're also using a lot of energy throughout the day, and then you squeeze in the training between family life and 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 rest and uh, and dinner, I guess. And uh, and then it's even more likely to make that mistake that you don't uh, you're not actually ready to train at all. And uh, that's always uh, what what the mistake we often make is that we are just fit enough to go for the next training, but every now and then it's not bad that you're super well rested because then also in training you can push uh for once those higher watts like you can in the race and you can also get yourself to a higher level so dare to take a bit of rest every now and then yeah and you'll be definitely be looking for that uh, higher level again in 2022 uh i think it's no secret that your ambition is to fill up one of those maybe two spots that are left open for the for the tour de france roster of, of jumbo visma uh always been the dream of you i think now to be there on the podium in paris with the yellow jersey in the t- on the team um is there anything in specific that sort of do you have something that's going to help you get that spot or get there well it's it's really difficult i mean also of course the tour de france are also about a certain parkour and this year what the parkour we get it's uh especially in the first week there's a lot of uh um chances for echelons uh cobble stages and those kind of things yeah well these days we have a really really strong roster on the team and there's there's guys who are better at that than i am so uh that's clear um so it's uh it's gonna be a a difficult year therefore i mean i've been uh, been always working hard and and giving my best to uh to my um to my teammates who who performed well and were three wonderful vuelta victories with uh with primo three years in a row so to be to have been part of that, but uh, yeah, I would definitely um, want to uh, um, be there if it uh, once it's going to work out to win the tour. But uh, yeah, those kind of things. I mean, as I said, 16th year being professional, and every start of the season we've made a certain uh, program for that year. And uh, I think I uh, once or twice uh, kept to it because always something <laughs> happens. So uh, there's always yeah. something happening in cycling, and so it's. It, uh, let's see how things go. Let's get on the way in uh, Algarve and focus on the first one. And then uh, I'm racing in uh, in France with Primos and those guys. So it's going to be two tough day- stage races there in Tom Ardèche, um before Catalonia, um, Pay Vasco and uh, in Romandy, which is also a really tough block with, with yeah. quite little rest in between. So... Um, yeah, that will that will actually be a really tough block because it's uh, it's it's more or less called a bad weather block. So uh, always one of those three is going to be either snowing or raining, uh, raining a lot. So it could be, uh, yeah, it could be a tough. Um, uh, that could be a tough block too. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, definitely going to be an interesting season again. And uh, although it's uh, number sixteen already, as I said before, it's uh, yeah. it's it, it, but it's always exciting to start a new season. Yeah. And, and with your experience, probably one of the lessons maybe is also then um, that you've already learned is you can only focus and worry about what you can control and not what you can't control. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that that's a really good point. And uh, that that's actually also one of the lessons they said in the beginning. Yeah, worry about the things you can control. Yeah, that's that's sounds super easy, but it is it is. I mean, uh, especially if you're in a Grand Tour and it's excitement and interviews and TV and people along everywhere, then. Well, just worry about the things you can change and not the things that are going to go the, the way they are anyway. Or if, even more, if you're in a Giro and organization is one big chaos and stay focused, stay calm and, yeah. and, and save your energy for the things you can't control. 
Yeah. So when will uh, 2022 be a successful year for Robert Geesink? Well, it's difficult to say. I mean, in the end, in the role I'm playing now, I'm just as good as the as the, the leader of the team, I guess. <laughs> no, it's not really true. <laughs> I mean, I always said I want to... I want to I want to keep on riding as long as I can make a difference and uh and yeah. um yeah I I I hope to be uh be up there again with the uh, the best guys and re- really focusing obviously on the Vuelta where I'm going anyway so it's uh, uh that could be really a, a really nice goal uh to go for uh, for fourth Vuelta victory with Primos but as I said before there's so much can happen and so many things can change uh I mean uh yeah there were there were seasons where there were the nicest results in my mind, my, my personal results or nice victories or whatever. And then I wasn't even, at that moment, wasn't even satisfied. And now looking back, I would say, well, actually, that was a pretty good season. So uh, it's just from, from where you look at it, I guess. So um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's get the show on the road at first in uh, in Algarve. And uh, um, yeah, also good memories there. It was my first uh, ever really good result between the pros while, while I still was a good, still an amateur. So uh, it's already... Uh, yeah, that's one thing with all the young guys that every now and then I really start to feel old because I'm always <laughs> telling these old stories from, from 15 years ago. I was like, oh, I should stop doing that. But uh, I know more of the sports directors by now than the, the riders in the peloton because they're all experts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm still yeah. seeing a really a passionate and really enthusiastic and fully energetic Robert Hazing on the other side of the line here. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have little kids, so they keep me young. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to let you go then. Maybe you can join them a little bit or at least watch them ski. Uh, maybe yeah. even later today you play in the snow. Uh, Robert, oh. I want to thank you so much for your time. And thanks for sharing uh, everyone about your pain cave and those uh, training indoor training secrets. Um, I'm My pleasure. definitely sure we have some very jealous listeners who every now and then look at your Instagram and like, oh, I wish my setting setup was like that um, <laughs> with that text near to T by Garmin. But um, yeah, awesome. Awesome to have you on. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Good luck in the 2022 season. And uh, for everyone who has been listening, as always, thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and leave a rating and review on iTunes. And hit those five stars on Spotify. And furthermore, in 2022, just like Robert does in his career, never stop cycling. This was Rob Bauer with Robert Facing of Jumbo Visma. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks.